Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Behind the Sounds. I'm super excited. I've just chatted to this amazing lady with me. Um, we've been doing this for two years and I finally got a British person on the show. Please welcome <laughs> Charlotte Haining. How are you? Yay! Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. It's, it's crazy to think that, yeah, after two years of doing this, um, we are finally have got a Brit on the show, but yet we're still doing it over Zoom. <laughs> I know, madness, madness. Well, I'm very proud to be the first Brit that you've had on the podcast, flying <laughs> the flag for us British songwriters out here, doing Definitely. our thing. <laughs> Definitely. And I know you have had a very busy few years. It's great considering half of it has been in lockdown. Um, yeah. We're going to delve into so much of what you've written and what you've released. Um, but I, I love to start at the very beginning because you have released so much music for, for many different genres, obviously your, your own stuff yeah. and remixes. When you were, were younger and you were growing up and listening to music, what did you listen to? What were your <laughs> influences? Because you can hear so much. Yeah, I mean, there is. It's, it's crazy, really. I mean, I'm very lucky. I grew up in quite a um, musical household. So my, my parents actually met at music college like way back in the day. Um, my mum's now a music teacher and is still a music teacher to this day. And my dad used to play in um, like pit bands for musicals and stuff. So there was always music on in, in our house. Um, my mum's a proper pop princess loving woman. Like she just loves any pop songs basically. There'd be a lot of like, I just when I think of my mum and think of one song, it's Eternal Flame. Do you, do you remember that song? She just used to love that song and play it on repeat. I mean, it's a it's a great song. Um, but then obviously I remember when Atomic Kitten then did it like yeah. years later. <laughs> and she's like, this isn't the right version. Like got really <laughs> offended. Um, so she used to listen to all, all that kind of stuff, basically. Um, and my dad has always been into sort of like the American songbook kind of stuff in like the Frank Sinatra more jazzy kind of stuff like that. Um, I mean, he loves he loves pop music as well. But yeah, I'd say when I think of my dad, I think of Frank Sinatra and like the swooners like that. He mm -hmm. he he often gets up and does karaoke, and that will always be his song <laughs> of choice. <laughs> I love that. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was quite an eclectic um, mix of music. But I mean, yeah, like you said, like I've done loads of different genres and loads of different things and I don't really know where all the different influences come from it's just if I like it then I'll give it a go you know mm -hmm. um yeah it's yeah. <laughs> great and so with parents like that I assume it's pretty inevitable that you're gonna be musical um yeah did it come naturally to you um I, I mean I kind of struggled for a minute because I was even though I grew up in a musical household and stuff like they obviously know the realities of being in the music world and my dad sort of lasted in music a couple of years after he left, left college and then he was like I just can't deal with this uncertainty like he had like family on the way and well me on the way um so he was like I can't deal with like the highs and lows of like being employed they're not being employed and not knowing where you're going being on tour all the rest of it is it's a very strange life to live um so he ended up switching careers and he now works in um the motor industry works in the car industry um but he still loves music on the side like I said does karaoke at every opportunity <laughs> um <laughs> but my mum my obviously went down the teaching route which was 
a little bit more stable, a little bit more secure. Um, but again, they were both very like, if you want to do this, like, it's going to be hard. It's not like you're not going to get on a payroll or like have any sort of job security at all. Um, so they were quite they were realistic with me from from the off. And I was still like, no, I want to do it. <laughs> I'm off to college. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was yeah it it was they were encouraging and they they were pleased when i chose that route but they were also quite realistic about like how tough it will be and even even like looking back now i don't think i fully understood what that meant now i very much do because <laughs> it's been quite yeah. a journey um but yeah but they've 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 encouraged me through through everything through uni through i went to lipper in liverpool went to the performing arts school there to study music um which they were very supportive of and all the rest of it and um yeah I'm, I'm i'm very lucky and and now now having like had some releases and and whatnot and they they they've heard stuff on radio or whatever they're like oh wow this is amazing like, it's actually worked i'm like yeah 15 years later <laughs> finally the thing isn't it it's, it's such a long process to to get yeah. you know there are yes overnight successes happen but actually more often than not they they really don't but yeah. at what point obviously you went to Lipper but at what point I suppose as a teenager did you decide right this is it I, I want to do music this is for it me was, I think it was I, I always used to be quite sporty at school as well so like I did like I played netball and stuff as well as like the music stuff and then those two things often started to clash so I had to sort of make a choice, like, you know, because there was only so many times after school that you could do things and it either had to be play on the netball team or do the music stuff. Um, and I just decided that music felt more of right, like to go down that direction. Um, so that's kind of when I sort of focused more on it. And then I did a year of A-levels at, at school, which I hated. I didn't do very well in. I'm not academic. I'm like creative. Um, so I really struggled at that. And then I just thought, what am I doing? So I left after a year and I went to um, Leeds College of Music to do a BTEC, actually in musical theatre, weirdly. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. But anyway, um, and it was the best thing because I just I managed to like get really good grades at BTEC, which then enabled me to go to uni and do music at uni. Whereas if I'd have stayed doing A-levels, I, I, I wouldn't have got good grades and I don't know where that path would have led. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it just felt right at the time, I guess is the answer. Yeah, it felt right to to, to follow music. I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's obviously paid off now, but when obviously going to uni and studying music is a route that a lot of people would take. Did you have, and I'm sure the goal has changed over the years, but did you have an immediate goal of like, this is what I want to do. I want to sing or I want to write or what was the yeah. kind of, when I finish uni, this is the plan or was that? Yeah. Um, I think the sort of initial plan was to like, <laughs> naively be a singer, be an artist, be like a, a pop star type, type thing. I don't think I would have ever sort of said, I want to be a pop star, but like, that essentially was what I was wanting to do, just basically sing and be an artist. Um, and I, I remember actually having a bit of a to do with my songwriting lecturer at uni, 
because he was getting us to do this that, and the other and like really pushing us on these projects and wanting us to write like a ridiculous amount of songs and I remember saying to him like Eddie I'm not a songwriter I'm never going to be a songwriter <laughs> I don't want to do this why are you making me do this and actually now I'm like I am so glad he made us do that because this is now what I've like know and love and like do daily um so yeah I think the, the goal when I was at uni was probably to go out and be an artist and be a singer um but I just found yeah that I just loved songwriting the more that I did it and how like therapeutic it is and I got a lot of thoughts and feelings and emotions so getting that out and into a song is like like therapy for me basically to, to do it and I, I kind of need to do it I feel weird when I when I don't for a minute you know um but yeah that was probably the goal at uni but well it, it is a long term it's like it's worked you are an artist now but yeah it's so interesting so. that you didn't want to write because obviously as you say it, it's your career now did you ever write before uni uh, no, to be honest, not before. Oh, well, actually, that's a lie. I did sort of do the odd little thing, kind of try and write some stuff. Um, my mum used to write poems back in the day, and she still she still does, actually. Um, she just writes a poem about everything. I don't know if you are familiar with um, the Dr. Zeus stories and, like, the rhyming schemes that they use in, like, the cat and the hat and one fish, two fish, all that kind of stuff she just loves that kind of rhyme scheme so she'll quite often at family events put her little speech into a rhyme form um and i used to do a bit of that with her when i was a kid and stuff so i guess that probably added to learning how to songwrite because obviously you rhyme within writing songs and make things catchy and stuff um so yeah yeah oh sorry i've, I've completely <laughs> lost my train of thought right. i'm like waffling along sorry <laughs> what we're here for I much okay. prefer it that way. <laughs> but I, I love that and I, I think it's so interesting that you kind of were mildly forced into it I suppose yeah. by, by doing it at uni and now you're saying yeah. you can't live without it I know it's weird isn't it I know yeah sorry that was it yeah um so yeah at uni they there was like a songwriting module that you kind of had to do as part of the music course and you had to write it was like something ridiculous like 400 percent worth of songs so it was like so on a song if you write it with someone else one other person then it would be split 50 50 so you'd have 50 percent of that so in order to get up to 400 songs you need to write 400 percent worth of songs if that makes sense yeah. but as a as what's known as a top liner um i was always on at least 50 sometimes 33%, sometimes 25%, if there's more writers involved, more artists, more producers. So it, I was, this is what I was arguing with Eddie about, my songwriting lecturer, because I was like, I have to write twice as many songs as everyone else. This is not fair, because I wasn't the sort of, you know, singer songwriter with a mm -hmm. guitar type thing. Um, so yeah, that. but now I'm like, I'm so glad that I had to do that and write those songs, because um, it's helped me just be better as a as a top liner and write things quicker and like get good at basically like churning things out that sounds yeah. really like I don't care about them but I do no. but you know <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah <laughs> I, I get it. it it makes sense and I think particularly that you know the genres that you have been in and the songs you've written co-writing and collaboration mm. is such a huge part of those yeah so massively. having that yeah base 
yeah, yeah. 1000% I'm so so grateful for that experience because that is literally what I do now every every day like occasionally I'll have a day sat here in my little home studio where I'm like top lining myself but again it's still top lining a tune that a producer's written it's it's just always collaborative and I genuinely think if I was left to my own devices with my piano writing a song by myself every day I would probably write the same song every day <laughs> just slightly different <laughs> so I need and I love collaborating yeah. I love the like the, the people that I work with um it's great and it helps you grow as a as a writer as well and get better and better um so yeah it's definitely I'm, I'm grateful now sorry Eddie for being an <laughs> idiot at uni <laughs> it works though it's fine yeah. <laughs> it, it all works and um, and what I love so obviously as you said the past few years have been massive but you the discography of your songs is massive like there are so many that you have written and you're, you've sung on in you know particularly the dance and drum and bass world did yeah. you plan on going into that kind of form of writing with producers and DJs and singing on their songs how did that happen how did it start um it do you know what it actually started at college when I was uh, um doing my BTEC there was a couple of like dubstep producers back then that were like doing some stuff and um a lot of the singers um at BTEC level were on the musical theatre course for some reason I don't know why so um we obviously we would all mingle with other courses and stuff at lunch times and that and there just was a couple of producers that were like, oh, I need a vocal on this on this tune. Do you want to just write something? So I was like, yeah, all right then. And then it like gets, it, it ended up getting released and like then more kind of producers hear it and they're like, oh, I like her voice. Like, can you do the same for me? And then it just kind of went on and on. And then obviously going to uni and having to make up this 400% worth of songs, I then had to like reach out to loads of producers to to be like, can I write with you? Can I write this top line? I need to like make up my my quota for my for my course basically. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of just happened like that. And then those songs got released. A lot of those are, are still on like Spotify. And um, I think that was when I got my first kind of UKF upload, which is a YouTube channel, um, which is probably the biggest in, in drum and bass and like bass music basically. Um, so as soon as an upload went on that, then I was getting like loads of messages like, hey, I'm a dubstep producer. Hey, I'm a drum and bass producer. Hey, I'm a house producer. Please can you vocal, like write a top line, vocal my tune. Um, and the more you do, the, the more sort of you see little dribs and drabs and, and very, I'm talking very little dribs and drabs of royalties and little things coming through. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. This is not enough to live on at all, but it's like a bit of, pocket money while I'm at uni you know like doing doing that sort of thing mm. and then it just kept going from there when I left uni I, um every Christmas every birthday I'd ask for like studio equipment or like contributions towards it and then I'd save up the rest and stuff and um I just continued to do top lines and basically work remotely for a couple of years after I left after I left uni um and do everything at home by myself um, until I finally plucked up the courage to move to London and actually work <laughs> with people in real life. 
mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> happened at some point, but <laughs> I know, I know. I just put it off for so long, honestly. So when lockdown happened, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I've done this before. That's fine. That's <laughs> great. And I think oh, no, what's something it. great, and if you and again, if you look at all the songs you've released, is yes, there are a lot of collaborations, but there's also a lot of kind of I say repeat collaborations because you you work yeah. with the same people over and over yeah. again because obviously it works and you've certain people obviously hybrid minds and these you know yeah. you've had these kind of what seems like long-term relationships of of working with them yeah is there a magical formula she says to <laughs> to working with these people or is it just because you end up getting to know them so well that the music kind of makes itself yeah I think I think it's that basically yeah I think I I mean way back in the day I like aspired to work with hybrid minds I aspired to work with BC like they're just both in their own right like legends in different ways and just amazingly talented amazing producers make amazing music um so yeah I think the more sort of that I did in drum and bass and I, I sort of naturally gravitated towards drum and bass because I, I like it as a genre and I like listen to it and I love it. Um, then I, I kind of got started to meet these people more out and about at, at festivals or like gigs and stuff like that and then get talking to them more and then you're kind of like oh we should do a tune together like you're nice I'm nice <laughs> let's work together like you know <laughs> um and then once I did like the the first ones for for both of them they were like sick okay yeah we should do that again that was great um and then it's ended up yeah I think I've done maybe four with hybrid minds now and a lot more than that with BC <laughs> Well, this is something I wanted to talk to you about because you released an album with them on yeah. really on the cusp of the pandemic. Yeah, and yeah. You am I right in saying that you never really got to play anything from that album live? Yeah. No, we didn't. Right on the cusp. Yeah, we actually did. Um, BC had his. Uh, he had a show uh in like Bournemouth or somewhere like in February 2020 and he 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 does this all the time he's like super last minute he's like Charles I'm gonna play this tune from the album do you want to sing it and I was like okay like I don't even know if I can remember the lyrics because they were like we've written so much together but anyway yeah and I, I managed to like sing like a little bit of it in Feb 2020 and then obviously we went into lockdown in March um and it it started as an EP and then because of lockdown basically we just kept writing and writing and it ended up as an album and yeah we never actually got to um play it out until literally this year steve had his 20 years of bc like party thing at a club in in peckham which was just wicked like it was small venue full of his like absolute biggest fans it was just wicked um and we finally got to play songs from the album and it was just it was lovely it was actually really nice to do it in that way as well because people like knew every word they were like singing along it wasn't like you know sometimes when you play new music to people they're like oh this is great but like we don't know it so like yeah. i want to sing along but i can't because i don't know it whereas everyone at the 20 years of bc thing knew the songs they knew the album they were singing along like it was just it was great. It was great vibes. It was great to finally do that and be like, oh, yeah, we, we did that. And people liked it and they still like it. It's yeah. great. <laughs> I love that. And I think also I, 
it, I think it makes everyone appreciate it a bit more. I've talked about it a lot on, on this. Yeah. You know, having, you know, particularly live music, not having any of it for so long. Yeah. It makes it all the better now. Oh, definitely. Honestly, like, it's just... I just don't think I'll take it for granted again, you know, just being in that live environment, whether it's just like watching or whether it's performing or whether it's the side of stage watching Hybrid Minds, that like it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just wicked. It's, there's nothing like it. That energy and that feeling that you get is irreplaceable. <laughs> <laughs> She's a songwriter. <laughs> She's a big one. Um, but also throughout the pandemic and lockdown as much as you have done all these collaborations you released your own music as a solo artist yeah finally <laughs> which is so great but and I, I want to talk about a couple of the songs but you is it was it petrifying going like okay no I'm gonna step away from this a little bit and release on my own as me yeah. how was yeah. that yeah it was it was terrifying and I yeah I learned a lot from it um it was it, yeah, it was just, it was scary to actually like put that stuff out there, not know how it was going to be received, having been known before as more like mostly a drum and bass vocalist, like it was scary to put out something that wasn't drum and bass. Um, it was also a challenge to actually get it out, get it over the line, you know, like working with labels. I ended up starting my own label um, through a distributor. Um, learning about all of that process, about pitching songs to Spotify, about the lead time that you need on songs like paying for marketing campaigns paying for pr campaigns like it was such a lot and i think i underestimated it a little bit but i don't regret it at all because i've learned so much from it and like i understand and appreciate that now and it's actually helped me as a feature artist as well because i i know if like a label's not like pitched a song to Spotify within the six week lead time or whatever I can say you need to do that now yeah. otherwise we're <laughs> gonna miss it like you know um so yeah it was it was good in that respect but yeah it was it was very scary but I think because in the build-up to releasing I was so busy with like sorting all of the logistics of it out that when it did finally come out I was a bit like oh my god it's out like I hope people actually like it like you you quite often forget that that's the start of the journey for the listener but for the artist or the writer or whatever, there's such a long journey to even get to that point, you know? Um, but yeah, it felt good. It felt really good to finally get it out and to get um, the remixes out as well. The remixes have done really well. Yeah, so this is what I wanted to ask because you released, uh, and I think you classed them as indie, didn't you? The the songs you released, like Young and Carried Away. Yeah. And then, which are great. And then you re-released them as remixes. Did you always intend to do that from the beginning? To start with, I was talking to um, the the guy that I is like my label manager, a guy called Gareth, and he was like, maybe we shouldn't do that because then it, it sets them in their own like on their own path type thing. And and I completely agreed. But then uh, it, I think it was after we released Carried Away, we were like, oh. like there was a few drum and bass producer had messaged me and said, Charlotte, this is just begging for a remix, like please like let us give let us give it a go um and then I spoke to Gareth again I was like actually I think it's a good idea to do it because the drum and bass fan base is already there so it would help to to like tap into it and and you can sort of 
work it on Spotify so that the drum and bass remix will play and then the original will play afterwards. So people will be gravitating towards the DB thing, but then they'll also hear the other one, um, which was kind of what we were going for with the whole project. We were basically wanting it to be the Sunday evening alternative to the Saturday night drum and bass yeah. madness. Do you know what I mean? I, we wanted I, to like- yeah, I love that. <laughs> create that balance. Um, so yeah, it was, yeah, it wasn't initially intended, but I'm really glad that we did. And all the producers that, that did the remixes absolutely smashed them. They were so good. How is it? Obviously you've done all these collaborations before with producers, but when it's, mm then you know I assume with those you've maybe had the tune before and you're putting the lyrics as you said but now you've got your song and you're yeah. giving it to someone else what is that like yeah. oh it's scary it really is it is and like some some of them came back initially and on first listen I was a bit like oh I don't know they've done something weird to this like, or they've changed the chord progression or something like that and it was a bit odd to start with um but as I sort of listened more and more I was like oh yeah this this actually like really works and it's just it, it's a different take on 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 the song like for me the the emotion and the feeling in the song is like the most important part and and I think the feeling is still there in all of the remixes regardless of chord progressions regardless of like the way that they've chopped it so the lyrics don't really make sense or something <laughs> <laughs> something like that I had to sort of step out of like artist mode yeah. and just like listen to it properly um but yeah it was weird it was weird initially for sure <laughs> but you're glad you did it definitely so glad yeah so glad because as well that like, I I perform DMB things live a lot, a lot of the time, and like with Hybrid Minds with BC, and the drum and bass remixes often get played in those situations, those scenarios, and it's lovely to hear it in that setting. Um, whereas I've still not actually had an opportunity to perform any of my original stuff, <laughs> like live, live. Wow. I've done it on like Instagram live and stuff, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, not not in real life to real life humans so wow maybe yeah, that's I'm sure it will happen, happen very yeah. soon let's hope so um I want to I have to ask because you over the past year also released a song uh as a songwriter that has literally been the biggest one of the biggest songs of the year and that is <laughs> Becky Hill my heart goes and um, I was I can't believe that it hasn't even been out for a year yet because it was summer last year it was August last year yeah can you tell me a little bit about that experience? Because I don't know if you assumed that it was going to happen, but that song has gone to places that probably not many people imagined and it has just absolutely flown. So yeah. how did that happen? Oh, it's been mental. Um, so that song was written on Becky's writing camp. She, she did a writing camp in September, 2020. Yes. Um, and I, I knew Becky sort of vaguely from sort of drum and, well, I knew who she was obviously, but um, through the drum and bass kind of, our mutual love of drum and bass, we sort of like bonded over that basically. Um, and a few months before, or in 2019, it must've been actually, sorry, the pandemic throws me with like dates. Um, <laughs> I think it was 2019. We actually wrote a tune for Friction and Flavor D together. Becky came to my 
home studio. We wrote this top line. We just immediately clicked creatively. Um, that's the first thing we'd ever written together. Um, I ended up vocaling it and that came out. And Becky was just like, I just know that when I write a good tune with someone in the first ever session, that that's a good sort of creative chemistry there between us. Um, so yeah, when it came to writing her album, she got to invite loads of different writers and producers and choose who she wanted to be on her camp. And I'm massively grateful that she reached out to me and asked if, uh, if I wanted to go on the camp, which I obviously said, yes, definitely. Um, I did two days on the writing camp. The first day we wrote um, a ballad, um, which was on the album as well. It's still one of my favorite songs I've ever written called Perfect People. Um, and I hope that gets a moment at some point. Maybe it will get a sink in Stranger Things or something like that, I imagine. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, one. that seems to be the goal right now, isn't it? Isn't it? For I know. Everyone. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, we did that on the first day. I did that with Bryn Christopher and Luke Fitton, who are just amazing songwriters and Luke's an amazing producer. Um, and then on the second day, I was with Frank from a production duo called um, Goldfingers and I was with a producer called Josh Wilkinson and the three of us um, were together and we wrote two ideas to start with that we were like this is so Becky yes we've smashed it this is amazing like this is great um, she came in and was like and then we sort of like <laughs> we put some melodies down for this third little idea in like the last little part of the day basically um, and she was like, I love that. What is that? Like, you need to stay and like lyric this because this is amazing. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. But I was a little bit like, I've been here all day and now I need to stay <laughs> later and lyric this thing, what? Um, so yeah, we, we ended up staying, um, me, Frank and Josh ended up staying, lyricing um, what turned out to be My Heart Goes, la di da. Um, and then literally, I think it was like a day or two later, we got an email from, um, Becky's manager to say, do not pitch this song anywhere. We definitely want it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. okay. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe we did something good there. Um, and then, yeah, it was like, so that was September, 2020 and then August, 2021 is when it came out. Yeah. Mm. Um, and obviously they've got Topic involved in it as well, which was awesome. Um, and it was just great timing because it was when things started to open up again as well, wasn't it? So even though we only sort of got the tail end of festival season last year, which was a shame in some respects, um, it was actually great because the song got released, everything was open again. Yeah. She was playing it at everything. I think the first thing I saw her play it at was uh, Boardmasters, I think. And she was, this was before it was out, she was like getting the crowd to sing the like, la di da da di da bit. And I was like, oh my God, look at all those people singing it. It's mad. I know. It was crazy. Yeah. And then it just went mental from there. Basically. It really did. And I suppose it's such a thing. I mean, her second album, of course, was really highly anticipated anyway. So getting yeah. songs on that, I'm sure, was amazing. Yeah. But getting a single and then it, it doing what it did. I know. Has it changed things for you since it came out as well? Yeah, massively. Yeah. I mean, I've been like do, trying to like be a songwriter since I left uni in, in 2013 and like getting over that first like hill, so to speak, is like really, ugh, it, it's been a long, long like struggle. Um, 
so it's really nice to have like finally had a moment with a song that I've written so that people in the industry, other songwriters, artists, know that I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. I know what I'm doing. Come and work with me. Yeah. <laughs> no, that kind of thing. So it's it's changed a lot in that respect, definitely. People are like very open to like like working with me and, and meeting me for meetings and you know, all, all of that kind of stuff, which is just it's just great. Um but yeah, and I'm at my my sites are like sick. I want another one of them. I want yeah three more of them I want a top five this time I want you know all of this kind of stuff so yeah I'm, I'm always like plowing forward onto the next thing but it's yeah I'm so so grateful for that song yeah and I find it so interesting that it's like and I've, I've heard obviously talking to songwriters a lot it's always the songs that you kind of don't think or you're not maybe initially thinking at first is going to yeah. be the one yeah that is um did anything ever happen with the other two songs did you ever do you know what? Absolutely nothing. No. <laughs> and I actually listened to them the other day and I was like, these are really good. Like something should happen with them. But I think, yeah, my heart goes just just basically trumped them, like made them like look not as great. Um <laughs> so, yeah. But it is funny because yeah, like I said, we we stayed late to to lyric it and we was it, it was obviously like from a from a heartfelt place, all the rest of it, like Becky had sort of given us a brief earlier that day tell, told us what was going on in her life she's a very open person so she was like talking about um loads of different stuff in in her life and we sort of like channeled into like one of those things to lyric this one um and yeah it just it just seemed to work it didn't actually take that long to, to lyric it either because it just kind of seamlessly fit with the melodies that we already had um and we already had the 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 la di da da di da bit in we were like okay well that doesn't need a lyric we're just gonna leave that like that <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah but it was very very unexpected I was like okay that's cool we've lyric that one great let's see what happens and then obviously that ended up being the one that's a single which is great because there was some big songs on that album as well I was very very grateful to have the single yeah, and it was one of them albums that the singles were released over quite a long period of time. Mm, and, yeah. and it was one of the kind, it was right before album release it came out, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It's really like, yeah, this is it, this is where the album's but, coming from. Yeah, exactly, I know, it's mental, honestly, mental. <laughs> so great, and I, I love, and you're right, it is one of them songs that everyone knows and sings. Um, another song you had out over the past year, which has had so much radio play as well, I want to talk about is um, Always On My Mind. Because oh, that yeah. as well, you know, <laughs> you, as I said, you've had a busy few years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was the Shane Cod. And I, I want to talk a little bit about that because that was featured on commercials and has, mm. as I said, was featured on a lot of kind of radio shows and stuff. So can you tell me yeah. a little bit about, about that song as well, please? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I, I just love that song. <laughs> really love it um I wrote it in uh October 2020 2020 yeah October 2020 um with Rob Harvey Karen Harding and Lewis Thompson um and the four of us did a day up in Leeds actually at Rob's place I'm from Leeds originally but I now live in London he's split between the two so it was really nice to be in Leeds my home town um writing music with lovely people um and again that was the second tune i think we wrote that day um because we wrote another tune called celebrate that karen vocaled 
um, which went to a DJ called Sammy Porter, which was actually on Love Island the other day, which I was like, yay, so pleased about. Um, yeah, and then we, yeah, we just started writing this kind of really heartfelt, sad kind of top line. Because um, obviously always on my mind, it, it's about like being with someone not quite getting it right, not quite getting like to sail off into the sunset together, but just wanting to tell them like respectively that like, um, retrospectively, sorry, that um, that you, you still think about them and you're still like, you know, you've still got really like fond memories of your time together basically. Um, so yeah, we, we, we wrote that and then I think it was Rob sent it to Shane um because it didn't have production on it or anything like that it was just very basic um and uh Shane was like I absolutely love this he loved the feeling in it I think he said his um his granddad like loved the Elvis song always on my mind so when he like mentioned it to his granddad his granddad was like definitely choose that one like (laughs) I know which is really sweet um yeah and then he he sent his production but his produced version back and it was just yeah it just sounded wicked i was like oh my god he's turned this really heartfelt song into like a dance banger basically <laughs> um yeah and they ended up obviously keeping my vocal on it which was which was really lovely i think i know a, a few people uh recorded versions of it as well so i wasn't entirely sure if that was going to happen i thought maybe they'd get like a I don't know, different feature on it or something. But when they decided to keep my vocal, I was very, very pleased. Yeah, it was it just so bizarre. Good. Bizarre I, hearing it on radio and stuff, like mental. And that was obviously, you've had a lot of hits on, on radio and, and, you know, drum and bass and dance, but it was on kind of mainstream as well, as I said, all commercials and things. I know. Did it ever, like, did you ever hear it? being caught off guard and being like oh my gosh that's me. <laughs> yeah that's so weird yeah like in the hairdressers I heard it like <laughs> um the it was on a TOWIE advert as well which was like on in the background somewhere I think it was at a friend's house or something I can't quite remember but anyway I was just like oh my god <laughs> I'm on telly like what the hell yeah it was it was so so weird I'm I'm so grateful to to Capital for like giving it the play that they did because they they were absolutely rinsing it like every day. Mm. I'd get in the car and it'd be like on, I'd be like, whoa, taking my dog for a walk. Like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so nice, I suppose, to, as you say, like not expect it again. Yeah. And just have that kind of element of surprise in a sense of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And again, it's it's opened up a lot of doors for me as a, as a feature and, and for people to like actually seriously consider keeping my vocal on on things that aren't drum and bass or things that are, are maybe a bit more commercial or whatever like I'm I'm definitely open to it you know um so yeah there's been a lot of that stuff bubbling away under the surface at the moment um but yeah there's things to come lots of things to come <laughs> I can't wait um well that's timed relatively well because I'm gonna wrap up very shortly but I I okay. ask everyone the same three questions at the end of every interview which I'm all around threes so I'm going to put you on the spot now okay (laughs) Um, so first question can you name three songs that you wish you'd have written oh I love this um make you feel my love that's definitely one uh 
I actually love um, How Come You Don't Call Me, Prince. That yeah. is just such a banger. I used, to, I used to sing that song for every audition ever. When I was like auditioning for music school and all the rest of it, I sang that song. Um, and, uh, oh, oh God, it's just gone out of my mind. Um, what was I going to say? Probably, actually, I'll just say a different one instead because it's just completely gone out of my mind. Um, but uh, someone like you as well. So two Adele ones there, but yeah. she's just the queen, isn't she? Just like, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fault her. It's probably quite annoying for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is, she's so great. I love that. And I love that they're really kind of ballady songs as well. Yeah, they're honestly. Real. Like I said, if I if I was left to my own devices, it would be a country pop ballad every day, like the same that. song. <laughs> it's my favourite kind. <laughs> um, okay, next question. What about three yeah. albums you couldn't live without? Ooh, Songs in A Minor by um, Alicia Keys. Um, that one was the first album that I actually bought myself and like, just rinsed. Um, oh, wait, what else? It's going to have to be another Adele album, to be honest. The maybe nineteen or twenty. What twenty one was good as well, though. Oh, I can't choose. Oh. Um, Adele. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, just Adele's biggest Every fan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and one more. I don't know. What can I think of? Uh, Oh, you, I mean, this is a real curveball and it's not like an actual, it's not going to make me look that cool, but <laughs> um, there was a Ministry of Sound compilation album in like 20, probably 2007, I think it was actually, um, that I just could not live without. Like it actually opened my mind to like house music across the across the massive like umbrella that it is mm -hmm. and vocals like the big soul diva vocals on on these tunes that's when in, i was probably like oh my god this is sick that's what i can do on on dance mm -hmm. music it's amazing i can't even remember what it's called it was one of those like random compilations they're but such was... good albums I know, <laughs> like so... it doesn't make you not look cool they're great albums. yeah but like most people would be like the beatles and like you know like be really like <laughs> <Be surprised. laughs> okay cool well there, there we go okay. they're my dream <laughs> no i love that um okay final one uh what about three artists producers songwriters whomever that you haven't yet worked with that are kind of bucket list for you that you'd like to work with oh i mean max martin obviously number one yeah. <laughs> um oh ryan tedder i would love to work with ryan tedder obviously because he's amazing um and i mean i'm i'm obviously aiming like real high here with all of these um i would say emily warren as well listen yeah. to a podcast with her on and i was like i think we'd get along actually so on based on that alone i would love to work with her right, aside great. from the fact she's an amazing <laughs> songwriter um yeah they would be my my top three for sure i i love that 
they don't <laughs> there wasn't that hard <laughs> I always put the okay, good. Them questions but they're that's done good and um, we are gonna have to wrap up but I, I my final question for you and I don't know how much you'll be able to tell us but what's next for you like what is the coming I know it's festival season I'm sure you're going to pop up in a couple of different places yeah. <laughs> um, what's kind of up next for you um yeah like you said festival season I'm actually going to be jumping on stage at Glastonbury on Sunday with Ivory Pines which I'm so like oh my god um and it, there'll be a couple of other occasions throughout summer where I'll, I'll pop up sing a little song um music wise there is music on the way there is a lot of music on the way I'm not sure exactly when <laughs> but it's coming soon I have literally written hundreds of songs obviously they're not all coming out but um there's a few with some really cool DJs that I'm very excited about which I'm like just keeping everything like come on that it actually crosses the line it's like what I was saying earlier like the journey to actually get to release day yeah. is just yeah crazy full of twists and turns but yeah touch wood everything's looking good so there's there will be more music from me Amazing. very soon <laughs> oh well I can't wait and I'm sure we've got a lot of other people uh lining up ready to listen um and we can't wait to hear it all but thank you so so much for coming on the show it's been so great to chat and I look forward to hearing a lot more from you hopefully oh, yeah thank you for having me it's been a pleasure honestly thank you anytime oh.